Hi, and welcome into the Charlie Reimer Golf Show. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Charlie Reimer. We're coming to you from our beautiful studio in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, the golf capital of the world. It's been a lot of fun putting this show together. We get a lot of amazing guests. And it's people I want to talk to because, after all, it's the Charlie Reimer Golf Show. So if you want to talk to different guests, you get your own show. This is my show. I'm talking to who I want to talk to. And today <laughs> I'm talking to Vince Papali, who is a man that he and I have a lot in common. And, and Vince, see, I have this dream mm-hmm. that um, one of these days they're going to make a movie about my life. And Mark Wahlberg is going to play me. And that's my dream, but that's your reality. So see, see where I went with that? You'd have a lot in common, right? Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what, there, there, there it is. There it is right there, man. I tell you, I'm, still, I'm still, shall we? I'm still pinching myself. It, it's been like the craziest experience in the world. I mean, anybody wants to talk about, about golf to me, there, there must be, you must be thinking about Wahlberg. Now that you talk about a guy that can hit a golf ball, that's Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I've my. seen him. I've seen him out on the golf course play, and there's no doubt about it. He can get get around the golf course. I've seen the pictures of his house out in 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 L.A. with the whole big like fake golf hole up in the back and all of that. I mean, he loves his golf, no doubt about that. But I, I think you like the game too. You're coming to us from Jupiter, Florida. I think you probably get right. out on the golf course a little bit yourself. Every once in a while, yeah. Well, it's pretty cool. You know, my actually, my my wife, Janet, I was hoping that she'd be here right now. That's the one that wore that USA jersey, not a Giants fan in the movie. But uh, Janet's out on the course right now, and I, I, I'm i in the, I'm in Jupiter. Now, you're saying that Myrtle Beach, of course, is the golf capital of the world. I think uh, the, the 50 or 60 professional golfers down here would probably think Jupiter might be the spot, but it's all I, good. I'm a, I'm a hacker, man. I, I got an 18 handicap. I call my, you know, you know what an army golfer is, right? Left, right, left, right. So I got so, all uh, of that. I'm hey, very familiar you, with it. Give me a cold yeah. beer. Uh, give me a cold beer. Give me some good country music and, and a cigar. And man, I'm on a golf course and I'm on, I'm in heaven, especially when I have my kids. So you know, <laughs> I don't take it all that serious. And I come, actually, I got down here in Jupiter because of a charity golf tournament. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about, but it's, uh, I, I just love golf and I be, I like being outside. You, you mentioned kids and they got you into golf. There's so many of us, like, for, for me, golf has done so much for me in my life. It provided for my education, career plan A, plan B, plan C, uh, lifelong uh, relationships and friendships. There's really hardly been too much happened to me good in life that didn't have something to do with golf. So I'm very passionate about getting kids out on the golf course playing. Talk, talk to me about your kids, how they got you involved. What are they up to now? How has golf helped their game or helped their game and their life? Well, you know, it, a lot of it, you know, because of the experiences and things of the sort, you know, with, with, with golf, it was pretty much Janet was the one that actually got me in golf. When I first met her in 92, she was living down here in Boynton beach, which is right near Delray Boca. So everybody knows where that is. She lived on a golf course and was actually a pretty good golfer. I didn't start shall I tell, I was 30 years old when I made the Eagles. Uh, because Coach Vermeil came to me and everybody's saying, hey, you're going to get invited to a million outings, so you better start playing golf, right? And, and I, used to, I used to hack around in the neighborhood we had. Look, look, what, I, look what I just found. Look, look at this. That, that is my father's. That's my father's six. Wow. And he, these were the clubs. Look at this grip. You know what I mean? This wooden handle. And uh, that's what I used to hack around with when I was a kid. But, you know, I grew up in the neighborhood right around the corner from my de- from, from a pig farm. You know, we golf was not what we did, you know. 
and yeah, you just went to the shore. You went to the beach at the end at the, the end of the summer. But you know, we um, with Ron Jaworski, my buddy, my teammate, he has five or six golf golf courses in the greater Philadelphia area. And uh, this one, uh, we, we just took our kids there for lessons, you know, thanks to Ron and, and they grew into it. Now, you know, they're 25 and, and 28. And just uh, just last week, because Vinny went off to go to training camp, he's, at the, he's with the USFL with the Tampa Bay Bandits and, and Todd Haley doing very well. But we all went out and played golf. My daughter, Gabriella, was with the Sixers doing her entertainment. Now she's in New Orleans helping out with the entertainment for the final four. Uh, go mm-hmm. cats, by the way, Villanova. Got to <laughs> so, yeah, uh, imagine from your part of the world, you'd have to be a Villanova fan for yeah, sure. Well, uh, hey, yeah, it's, it's tough because I'm a, I'm a St. Joe's Hawk. I mean, we are arch, arch, arch freaking rivals, man. Uh, you know, but uh, with, with Jay, but yeah, hey, it's all good. And, and the beautiful thing is that we golf as a family. Uh, you know, I, I brought a, I, I brought a couple props. I know I sent you some pictures. I mean, they were, the, that's the Papali Cup. So we play every year, a couple times a year on uh, on Mother's Day or Easter. Uh, we'll play for the Papali Cup, and there's a lot there's a lot of jabbing going on. It's Janet and me against the kids, and we'll either go scramble, we'll go match play, whatever it was. You know, whichever way they think they can cheat the best with. That's how <laughs> that's how we go. I'm, I'm sure in your family, there's definitely there's, uh, there's, a lot of competition. There's a there's a lot and there's you know there's a lot of trash talk going on as it should be you know it, it, it's almost like being in Arizona you know at the uh, uh, out there at the 16th it's, it's it's pretty fun so yeah golf is part of our life now you know and it, and it, and we're surrounded by it and, it and it's a beautiful thing and it's a life sport it's, it's and it's a great connector yeah just the other day you know I, I'm taking Gabby and I wanted to go play nine and we went don't you know we went into that went into a guy that used to run the PGA you know the uh, the Honda Classics right around the corner from us it's in PGA and I know the, the I, I know the guy Ken Kennerly you know that runs it he belongs to our golf club in Tequesta so you know it, it's it's just it's around you all the time everybody in the neighborhood has a golf cart and I love it you know <laughs> yeah it's great 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 lifestyle around golf interesting you mentioned Ken Kennerly he's a great friend he was actually my agent for about 10 years he's done a wonderful job in the community down there especially with 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 that event and getting the Nicholas family involved in Nicholas uh, Children's Healthcare Foundation as well Uh, Ken Kennerly is he he is amazing I want to go back a little bit we were at the top of the interview uh, talking about the movie Invincible Mark Wahlberg playing you I've spent a little bit of time in Philadelphia Everybody that I know from Philadelphia, the first thing you think of is just how much pride they have in that city, their sports teams, the history that's there. And and I couldn't imagine after your background of being age 30, didn't play uh, college football, you make the team. I mean, mean, obviously, that's the the movies about that. But just the sense that you must have had for those three years and then afterwards, the reaction that you got from all the folks around Philadelphia. I, I mean, you, I mean, you literally talk about hometown hero and carrying the town on your shoulders. Yeah. That had to be an amazing time for you. Well, it was pretty cool, Charlie. I mean, the real, you know, they, they, they called it the real life Rocky thing and, and Sylvester Stallone was real cool with it. And that's actually how the movie got started. But I, I actually got four years in because I got into my fourth year and I blew both my shoulders out. And I was able, the ultimate last laugh is I got a pension out of it, you know, and then did a little TV and radio. So between that and doing TV and radio in Philadelphia, um, there aren't too many places where I had to stay in the line or buy a beer, you know. And I was going to uh, ask you that. When's the last time you ever had to buy a beer in Philadelphia? 
<laughs> well, I have I have what's called I'm in Jupiter, Florida now, but I have what's called a pit stop, and uh, and and uh, we 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 go there. Matter of fact, I'm going to be in there at the end of, at the end of the month doing some stuff. But um, and of course, we're going to be playing in a golf tournament while we're doing it. But hey, listen, uh, you know it's been the greatest. To, 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 and I'm just getting a text right now with one of my golf buddies as, as we're speaking. I see it in the screen here. One of my golf buddies here at Tequesta. But it, you know, it's it's that life sport and and. and and it's exciting to be around. And but with the movie, uh, it, it has just totally changed my life. And you know, the the um, the pandemic shot a lot, shut a lot of courses down. We were able to to keep everything pretty much alive here. Uh, but I, you know, it shut me down because I make a living speaking, and 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 now the speaking's all starting to come back, and I'm starting to travel around the country again. So it, it's just been a crazy, amazing experience. If you know my background, my mom and dad never got beyond the eighth grade. My father was a pig farmer. My mother was a great, great athlete. My dad, you know, he played golf back then, uh, and the, this was before World War II. And and um, you know, I'm the product of that. And then to be thrust into that thing you know the nfl when it was just i'm just out having a good time chasing my dream and and then the movie just was the icing on the cake and then have a guy like mark Wahlberg who who is just so well respected so much respected everywhere and every every time he goes out and talks about a movie he always talks about invincible like right before the super bowl who's he talking about you know he's talking about invincible i mean it's just the greatest coolest thing in the world and and it's opened up a lot of doors for me and, and i'm so good so so great so, so an invite that's what got me down here you know a guy invites <laughs> me to come and, and speak at a, at a golf tournament for the police you know, concerns mm -hmm. of police survivors, you know, for those fallen police officers that mm -hmm. take care of the kids. And we came here, Janet's the golfer, and she says, oh, my God, I love this neighborhood. Like I said, she she was down in South Florida when I met her, and it was just, a, it was a perfect blend. And it's just that, that last piece of the pie that needed to be, or whatever it was in that circle that needed to be closed, this closed it, and this is where we call home. So, but Myrtle's yeah. pretty cool. I, I, I love, you know, I, actually, actually, when I was, I was a cancer survivor, I know we'll talk about that, and I rehabbed in Myrtle. That's, that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. as I mentioned, we're the golf capital of the world. We don't have the 50 or 60 PGA Tour players, but we're sneaking up on 100 golf courses, so we've got more yeah. golf courses yeah. than <laughs> we do have. Yeah, PGA Tour players. There's a few of us around in the area, but but uh, thank you for mentioning it. It's it's home for me, and 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 I love it here. One, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is <clears throat> you were obviously a, a heck of an athlete your whole life, going back to what, when you were a kid, and and you you played multiple sports, uh -huh. and and that, and now when I look out at kids, you got all this pressure from these coaches to have them specialize, and I, I'm not a big fan of that, and and. I, I just wonder, had you specialized early on, would you have ultimately been able to get on an NFL field? Or, or do, do you look at young players and talk to coaches about let, let them play all different sports and, and, and sort of cross develop? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I agree with that. At least, you know, don't want, just don't focus in on that one. Maybe you can find a compatible sport or whatever it might be, you know, but this, uh, the, this theory that, you know, you put all the eggs in one basket, I think actually in a lot of cases setting some of these kids up for failure, you know, what happens if they don't make it, you know, and then where's their fallback. Uh, I, I, I lettered in four sports, you know, a baseball, track, football, and basketball. Even though I was small, you know, I was a small school, but, you know, I'm so proud of that. And, and I think each one of those sports 
um, gave me a, a, a characteristic or an aptitude or an attitude that led to me being successful, not only in, 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 in sports, but also in business and some other things and also being a coach. You know, I, I, I was, I, I, the real story is I was head track coach, assistant football coach at my alma mater in suburban Philadelphia. And I became a bartender and a substitute teacher after I had the tryout. And I, I, I had an opportunity to train for three months prior to going to training camp. And in order to do that, I had to make money. So I got a leave of absence for my teaching job. But, mm -hmm. you know, um, I think it's so sports and our son for my daughter, Gabriella, played multiple sports. Eventually, she wanted to dance and cheer. So she did very well, went to Syracuse and then wound up working with the Sixers involved in sports. And, uh, and my son, Vinny, um, he, he played them all, you, you know, but he focused in on the, on the, the complementary sports. And that was football in the fall and lacrosse. In the in the in the summer, but I mean, look in the spring. But God, he could have played soccer. I, I know he could have played basketball. Uh, you know, he could have swum. Um, if we had a golf team, he'd probably be on a golf team. You know, and he had his mother's gift. You know? And so I, I believe in multiple sports, and the, you know, to just sort of pigeonhole him and saying doing that one thing uh, sets him up for failure, and it's a tough thing. And there's so much, so much, so much stuff these kids are going through. My God, right? It's so confusing. You know, what's right? What's wrong? You know, instead of letting your parents tell you what's right and what's wrong, now they're being told by other people that this is the way it should be done. And it's really confusing for these young kids. Thank God my, my kids are out, you know, really. Uh, you know, yeah. they make decisions on their own. Yeah, definitely a tough time to be kids. I imagine trying to finish up high school or college, uh, just the pandemic alone over the last couple of years, what Absolutely. it's done to their social life and, and, and all of that. So tough yeah, time to be a kid, yeah. no doubt. But I, I want to talk to you about, uh, you, you've been very um, supportive and vocal in your experience uh, with, with uh, colorectal cancer. You were diagnosed back in 2001 at, at age uh, 55. And, and I, I was just hoping maybe you could share your experience with that or maybe some advice that you might have for, for folks in terms of trying to make sure you get the screening and looking at early detection and that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, that most importantly is, is the key is the screening and getting the early detection. I was lucky even at the age of 55 now, and, and we didn't have colon cancer in our background, but my father died of lung cancer. And that, that would have been a natural because I, he was smoking since he was like five years old and, and he worked in Westinghouse and, and it, with a cell and torches. I mean, the stuff he was inhaling and the asbestos and all that stuff, you don't even know, but we didn't have it. So now they're saying, you know, at 40, 45 years old, and certainly you want to make sure you understand what your family history is with it. I did it only because uh, Janet told me, if you don't get a colonoscopy, I'm trading you in for a couple of 30 year olds, you know, I'm basically, she, <laughs> you know, she, she threatened me and, uh, okay. You know, and I didn't have to spell it, let alone say it, you know, and oh, you, as you know, you've been through the experience, the prep is just not a joyful experience. Uh, but you know what? Um, I, I found it, I, they found it, they found that, they found that one polyp and that was the one. And, uh, I was lucky because I had an advocate. And my advocate was one of the guys head of GI at Jefferson Hospital, Tony Infantilino, and he took it and he, and he sent it out to all these pathologists and they, they came back and said it's totally encapsulated. So I was lucky they did a resectioning and took about you know, 12 or 14 inches out through my navel. And that was it. No chemo, no radiation. I was a guinea mm. pig for that, uh, by, by uh, Dr. Goldstein at Jeff. I was a guinea pig. And that was sort of weird because every day the cameras would be coming and they'd be taking pictures of my, my stomach and, and how I was healing. And 
but I was lucky after I got all the tubes taken out, I, I, would start, I was walking in the hallway and, and doing laps in the hallway, thinking I was in a football field in the stadium. And they said, we got to get this guy out of here. He's going to hit <laughs> And they kicked, me well, out after, they kicked me out after three days. And here's the great irony of the final four, Jay Wright, who's a good buddy of mine, the head coach of Villanova. He saw me down the shore, the, the Jersey shore on the boardwalk, riding my bike. You know, there you got a boardwalk right behind you. And I'm riding my bike. He said, Vinny, did, weren't you just in the hospital? I said, yeah, man. I said, how cool is this? You know, so I, I, I was lucky. Uh, no complications, no chemo, no radiation. And uh, that this mm-hmm. month, I just done several things, you know, you, you just got to stay on top of it. It's very simple. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that story. I haven't shared publicly, but I was recently diagnosed uh, with, with, with colon cancer and went through a resection. Uh, I was going to say that I had 12 inches of my colon taken out, but you said 12 to 14. So I'm going to say I had 15 taken go. out. <laughs> but no, no, no. It, it was about 12 inches. My my procedure wasn't as maybe as simple as yours. I had a few complications and uh, I'm about to head down to see the folks at MD Anderson in Houston. Uh, it's very early for me. And that's, that's what I, I tell people. I wasn't having symptoms. I wasn't feeling bad. There wasn't any pain. I just know, you know, when you're when you're 40, you go in for the colonoscopy. When you're 50, you go in for the colonoscopy, and and that's what caught mine. Before I feel like I'm actually sick, I'm gonna have to take a little bit of chemo, but I'm doing it when I'm healthy. I, I'd much rather do it when I'm healthy, and I feel like I can, you know, have a better chance of 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 letting the the medicine do what it's supposed to do. My body help, and I and I'm convinced that my early detection is what's gonna get me through this whole process. And I know for a lot of people going in and getting that colonoscopy, there's some embarrassment to it. There's some stigma to it, but between it saving your life and I, and I feel like it's, it's going to save mine. It's something that we got to get the word out. Hey, get in, let these great medical people do what they do. Find these things early. They've got tools to treat it. So while while I'm not, not happy about the situation, I, I feel like I'm blessed in that they got it very, very early. Yeah, well, you know, the same thing for me. They got it early enough, and I was lucky, no chemo, no radiation. But let me tell you, the key is, and we we were doing this off air before, because um, I had known. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is you have that team behind you. I call it, when I go out and I speak, I always talk about that invincible team. The only way you're going to be successful in anything that you do, you can't do it alone. You've got your wife. She's the RN, right? I had my Janet. Uh, with the greatest positive attitude in the world. Janet in real life was a world-class gymnast on the USA World Gymnastics team that competed in Munich for crying out loud. And she's one of them. And, you know, she's the most positive, aggressive, you know, she was telling the people in a hospital, she wasn't letting the hospital take charge. She was taking charge for me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was saying, and then she says, all right, Vince, she said, get over your pity party. I mean, I have this whole thing of things that we think that, that, that people should do. I, I'll send it to you, shall we? And, I'd, you know, I'd love to see that. And we'd love to share it through our show yeah, as well. Please, please do that. Yeah. And it's basically the first thing is go over your pity party, get over feeling sorry for yourself, and then let's go. You know, I mean, just get your head out of your rear end, no pun intended. And let's, let's go. Let's, let's beat this damn thing. And, yeah. um, and now you surround yourself with that invincible team. You've got your advocates, you've got your social workers, you have your insurance company, you've got your meds, you've got your surgeon, you have all of these people and your friends and family, those that love you the most. And those are going to make you feel good about yourself. You surround yourself with them. And there you go, you know, and that's your invincible team. And, and yeah, that's, what? that's the way to do it. What a great piece of advice. Put me in, coach. Hand me, I already got the ball. I just got, I got to <laughs> run with that. 
Let the, uh, let the people that are close song. to you, yeah, let the people that that had, that you love, let them love on you. Let the experts do their thing. Stay positive. You whip this thing. I'm going to whip it too. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. So you can do yeah. it, but you know, just like you were saying, just where you were talking, uh, you can just tell it because you have the proper attitude and attitude without a key and, and, and success in anything that you're striving to do, whether it's, it's trying to get a goal, defeat something, beat something, whatever it might be. Uh, it, it's right here. That is so much mm -hmm. the key. And when you surround yourself with the right people, you can do just about anything. You're only as well, pretty as you feel, Charlie. It's as simple as that. Mm. You got to well, be let's, let's, Yeah, be in shape, man. You know, you know when you're going down there, you get your butt in as good a shape that you can. You know, get. Uh, get I, I know your wife's going to do it. Get on that proper diet. Do some exercising, and that will absolutely. Well, that's. I was in fantastic shape when I was in 55. I felt like I could have done anything still. And, um, and and that's what enabled me to get out of the hospital in three days because I you know we got everything at once the resectioning worked. Those are those are words that I don't want to hear, but I need to hear. I got a little bit of work to do on the shape. I've been up and down and uh, doing a little bit better with it now. But but I definitely think going through this will, will end up ch changing uh, some some lifestyle decisions that I make. I get I get hungry, Vince. I get hungry. There's a lot of good eating down here in Myrtle Beach. I got to push that. Push that plate away a few times, but we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that another day. I want to finish and let, let's circle back around to golf. You're you're an 18 handicap. Right. What 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 is? And I love asking athletes this. Well, what what's what's the best score in what course? I got to know that. I'm I'm always curious about that. Well, the, the best score at, at which course was one of the Jaworski courses. And I lived on a golf course when I was playing for the Eagles back then. It was Ramblewood that uh -huh. is now part of the Ron Jaworski. Uh, it's in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. And I used to run that course all the time in the off season. And uh, the best score that I ever scored, ironically, was an 83. And it was at Ramblewood, you know, and it was it, it was pretty good. But, you know, down here with all the water and stuff I have in Florida. Look, I, 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 I I, I'm a bogey guy. I, I, I strive for that bogey golf. That's it, you know, and, and, and something that's manageable. We belong to a beautiful Arnold Palmer course. Doug Peterson's a good buddy of mine. He's down here with us. He, mm -hmm. We belong to the same golf club, but, uh, along with Daniel Becker and Isaiah Tiger, you know, just joined because of his son, Willie. He plays with all his high school buddies here. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but my, my goal is uh, my goal is um, just bogey, man, and I'm a happy guy. If I, if I, if I break 90, 95, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm there. Let's go. You know, that's a just, good day. Uh, it's just going out. Look, my, my company, I, I have to compete when I go out and speak. Cause when, you know, for me, I've, I've got to be a Super Bowl quarterback. I got to be that Tom Brady. I can't throw an intercession. I got to do what I got to do. And so to me to go out on a golf course and compete against somebody, it's not my deal. I, I mean, I've, I've done all that and I've done it at the highest level. So if you want to compete against me in golf and give me two strokes a hole, go ahead, have fun with it. But uh, you know, that's the way it is. <laughs> But, it's, know, about, it's about, about having, having fun. It's about being a beautiful place and being yeah. with people you want to spend time with. Because other than about 15 people on the planet, let's face it, there's none of us that are really very good at this game. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. aggravating. But but just, just being with the right people in the right place. I mean, in this day and age, how are you going to get four, four and a half hours with people you want to spend time with doing anything else other uh -huh. than golf? It, it's just not going to happen. And, and being outside in the lake in Myrtle, the weather is almost, it's always a Chamber of Commerce day there here. It's fantastic. It's always spectacular weather. Maybe you have to deal with the wind, you know, a rainstorm will come through, but ain't no big thing. 
you know, just enjoy it. Enjoy life. Enjoy everything around you. Enjoy the beauty of being on a golf course. Enjoy the creativity. Have you ever thought about that? You know, what it takes these guys that have built these golf courses and how they, all the woods around them and how all of a sudden this thing is created. How do they create? Where did they put that tree there? Why did they put that there? They put it there to piss me off. That's why they put it there. But, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Just enjoy everything around it. It's it's part right. of you know nature. And to me, it's 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 just a fulfillment of life. And, and I love it and don't take it too seriously and enjoy having it. But, I, you know, I, the, the, we, we see some guys that, you know, everywhere I go, I go somewhere to a coffee shop, go to a restaurant. And, you know, my favorite, my favorite golfer down here is just JT Justin. And, and um, he, he, he did a really super thing for me at my, one of my, he, he was in the same restaurant I was in my birthday party and he, he, uh, he bought everybody drinks, which was really special. He didn't have mm. to do that, but, you know, just, just, just nice guys, you know, and, and it's really cool. Well, Vince Papali, thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing your inspiration. Uh, it, it's been really neat getting to spend a little bit of time with you. I look forward to maybe one of these days you and I getting to tee it up on a golf course somewhere and, uh, and and spend a nice day together. But thank you so much for being with us here on the Charlie Rama Golf Show. Well, I'll have to tell Ken that I was with you. Maybe we can make that happen. Next, you know, as I'm driving up through the north and I do that, we'll just have to I'll just swing over to Myrtle and hang out with y'all. Vince, we have always got uh, uh, a golf course and a bed and a great meal for you here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Anytime you're getting this way, let us know. All right. Good luck in your good, good luck in your treatment as well. You can do this. You know that. Thank you. Appreciate it, Vince. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.